Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guy podcast live and direct on all your favorite channels from Facebook to LinkedIn to Twitter and YouTube. Today, I'm joined by a great friend of mine and a phenomenal, phenomenal leader and engineer, Chris Cochran, who's a security engineer by day, producer and host of the Top 50 podcast, Hacker Valley Studio by night. Chris is a wonderful man. And today we're going to be speaking a little bit about his background, how he got into cybersecurity engineering, but also we're going to touch on a little things related to leadership, gratitude, and what are the traits of successful leaders, especially in times such as this? How can you lead your life to success? I'm incredibly excited to talk to Chris because he's just a great personality. And if you've ever tuned in to Hacker Valley Studio, <laughs> you'll get a sense of just how funny Chris is. With that said, let me go ahead and bring Chris on the show. Chris, what's good, buddy? What's going on, Tim? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, brother. Let's have let's have you talk a little bit more about a big move you just recently made. You're in Texas now, aren't you? Oh goodness, I'm in Texas, man. It's crazy <laughs> out here. <laughs> way different than the Bay. Way different than the Bay. I actually don't have any furniture in the house right now. I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for. Gas people to come, people to turn the internet. Well, we got internet, thank goodness. <laughs> good, good, man. Before we dive deep on what we're going to be talking about today, I want to show love to the amazing people tuning in from all over the world. If you are listening right now to Chris and I, please let us know where you're watching and tuning in from so we can show you some love and, you know, play with you a little bit in the comments. Let's do it. <laughs> so, Chris, I want you to share a little bit more about, you know, your background, man, because you are, you know, I remember when the first time I met you, it was to be on Hacker Valley uh, uh podcast and you know ever since we met we've been friends and it was yep. when you were living in the bay and i'm mm -hmm. um, also working with netflix but you've had a quite a, a career in the area of cybersecurity. but you know you have a, a really interesting background how you got into cybersecurity, as well as you know more about how you, you, you you've just been able to be successful to this point and i would love for you to share that with us yeah, I, originally I wanted to build Terminators, man. I wanted, you know, I wanted Terminators to come around. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Half kidding. Uh, so I, I really got into technology around the Terminator 2, like, time frame. Wow. Uh, I wanted to build robots. And uh, then I, I that just kind of pivoted into computers. Uh, when I was young, I would take computers apart, see what the components are, uh, mm -hmm. see how they work, take them apart, put them back together. And uh, it wasn't until high school, uh, I, there was a program that I missed the cutoff because I'd switched schools in the middle of my 10th grade year. And there was a program where people could get their uh, certification in networking. And I was like, oh, man, how do I get into this, uh, this computer thing? And my friend was like, oh, just go get a book. So yeah. I took my, my mom's uh, money that she gave me for school clothes and I went and bought a computer book. It was like a $75 wow. book. And I read it like a novel and uh, I started like picking stuff up and I was asking my friends questions. They were like, wow, you're picking this stuff up pretty quick. And then um, fast forward a little bit, I decided to go into the United States Marine Corps. Oh. And when I went to the, decided to go to the Marine Corps, I did pretty well on the ASVAB, which is the test you take to figure out which jobs you can select from. And I did pretty well. So I was able to have my pick of the litter and I chose intelligence. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty intelligent guy. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and pick intelligence. I had no idea what it was all about. And so I'm going through training and stuff like that. So I'm asking my drill instructors, like, what, what do I do in Intel? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, finally, I finally get to the National Security Agency where I learned about intelligence tradecraft and things like that. And I get into this niche of uh, digital networks intelligence. So really focused mm. on computers and networking. 
And so from there, I went to United States Cyber Command doing all source analysis, uh, which ultimately became like threat intelligence from a cyber perspective today. And wow. so since then, I've just uh, pivoted from organizations. I had my own company at one point. And uh, yeah, just it's kind of like a storybook, but uh, it's, yeah. it's been a crazy ride. At, at what moment did you have to delete the dream that you will not be building Terminators? Because that's an awesome dream. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'll do it. I'm going to build some Terminators. Uh, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still think that I think that's the future of uh, actually, uh, <laughs> you know, you going in and building Terminators because robots are, are big right now. Robotics is, is like an emerging field. So I want to show love to Lelaine, who's tuning in from Fort Worth, Texas. Nan Dini, who's tuning in from India. Hey, Mrs. Menon, what's up? Steve, who is tuning in from Madison, Wisconsin. Steve, thank you so much for listening and watching us today. And Horace, who is tuning in from Green, Orlando, Florida. And Faith, who's tuning in from Kenya. And as she says, with love. I love that. So we have a global audience right now with us. You know, Chris, I want you to, you know, because I think your, your background is so fascinating. If you have just as interesting of a background as Chris and how he got into tech, please share with us in the comments. It will definitely show you some love. You know, now I would love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, how you, you, you know, you've been able to transition throughout your career. Yeah. And all of these different um, places, you know, because I think something that people struggle with when it comes to being able to lead a successful life is managing career transitions. So what's mm -hmm. been the secret sauce for you, Chris? <clears throat> I say the secret sauce is uh, rely on your strengths, because mm. there's going to be a time where you pivot into something where there's a lot of unknowns, like mm. pivoting from the government to the commercial sector. There was a lot of unknowns. You know, going all the way to the Bay, there was a lot of unknowns. Coming to yeah. Texas, a lot of unknowns. And so some of the, there's going to be a learning curve no matter what you do, no matter what role you go into. Maybe you got promoted, maybe you switched industries altogether, but there's going to be a learning curve. But rely on your superpower, your strengths, and mm. that's what's going to help you get to that next level. It's going to not, I wouldn't say buy you time because there, there's going to be some degree of learning no matter what you're doing, but it's going to, give you the ability to, to create impact right away mm -hmm. while you're learning everything else. Yeah. How did you develop your strengths, man? Uh, just by practice. I, yeah. I've, I deliberate practice is one of the, the monikers that I kind of live by is uh, if you're going to do something well, you have to practice it. So everything from interviewing to yeah. going into a new organization and providing impact to, uh, you know, talking to mentees, to your direct reports, to leadership. It's just practice, constant practice and just getting mm. better, finding those little tools that help you along the way. And then you'll be cooking with grease. Yeah, no. And I definitely I, I think it definitely applies to communication. Oh, my God. That's a practice. Right. Being able yeah. to eloquently and concisely communicate what's in your mind to the people that you're leading or the people on your team. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communication is huge. And it, it's one of my favorite facets of life, to be honest. And that's why I, I do a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be, being able to, to communicate clearly yeah. is a science. It, uh, and it's a science and an art, actually. So mm -hmm. one, one of the exercises that I used to take people through is, let's say you're writing up a, a memo to somebody and you're trying to explain something. Yeah. And let's say the original draft is 500 words. So is there fat on that memo? Probably. Let's cut it down to 250. So you got to take that memo from 500 words to 250 words. Okay, Dang. cool. It's getting better. All right. Now let's take it from 250 words to 100 words. 
now every single word has intention behind yeah. it because yeah. you can't have any fluff. You have to be able to communicate <laughs> really clearly what you're trying to get across. And so that's something I like to, to share with people. Uh, and that's something I've used to, to cultivate not only my, my writing ability, but my speaking as well. Man, that's so powerful. That's a great tip. I love that exercise. Please <laughs> do that exercise if you want to be an effective communicator. I've, I've actually never heard of that exercise before. So I'm actually going to keep that at, at the top of my mind. So I want to ask you, you know, how do you how does gratitude play a role in, in your success? man? Because you I, oh. I've met you before and you're like filled with gratitude. Your energy oh, so is just much. like always in a, in a state of meditation. So how have you kind of applied that throughout the course of your career, man? I, I tell you what, uh, gratitude, you know, a lot of people say it, but I really believe it. Gratitude is yeah. one of the best things that you can have in your life uh, on a daily basis at, at the macro and the micro level. Um, so gratitude, uh, I'll tell you this, Brene Brown, you know, Brene Brown, right? Yeah, yeah, we know yeah. Brene Brown. Yeah. Shout out to Brene. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to be on our shows, Brene. We got to make this happen. I, I keep <laughs> saying it. Happen. <laughs> I'm waiting for the call. But uh, <laughs> if uh, only she would notice this, man. <laughs> uh, what, one of the things uh, she talks about is that intense joy is usually followed by fear. Because mm. if you have something that you're joyful, joyful for, a lot of the times you're afraid of losing it. Like, for instance, she made she made the um, uh, the example of her kids, and I, same thing here. Like I look at my kids, like when they're sleeping, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm so proud to be a dad. But then immediately after, you have this like this fear that seeps in. Like, what if something happened to my kid? Wow. And that's something that and that immediately robs you of joy, right? Hmm. But she says, in order to combat that fear, you have to have gratitude hmm. because gratitude is thankfulness, sure, and that's how people usually define it. But for me, gratitude is thankfulness combined with like mindfulness and mm. and combined with awareness. So then like you are living in that moment, that moment of joy. So if you're if you're living in that moment of joy, you're not thinking about what could happen. You're not thinking about things that happened before. You're thinking about this moment right now. And so gratitude is is really being aware and thankful for everything mm. that you have in your life right now, even though you might be in a bad scenario like this this move to Texas was terrible. It was it was a rough <laughs> rough move. Yeah, like you know everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong during wow. this move, and but the whole time I was happy. I was happy because number one, I'm still employed. Number mm. two, I have an, an amazing podcast. It's it's doing really well. Number three, my family's healthy and happy. It's like so. What what more could you ask for? Um, and so that I think that that helps in so many different scenarios. Man, I love that. So gratitude for you is mindfulness mm -hmm. mixed with what was the last what was the other part? Uh, being thankful, being yeah. thankful. That's actually mm -hmm. a powerful mixture. And I've actually never even heard of it like that. Mindfulness and thankfulness makes yep. up gratitude. And I think, you know, for me, man, there's so much happening right now. You know, we continue to build guide through through a potential recession. And gratitude is just me being thankful enough that I can create. You know, right. and, and, and I think often we, we forget to our count our blessings in that sense of how are you kind of recognizing the opportunities that you have available to you, even though, you know, there's so much negativity that you can't control. Yep. Yeah, so much, man. It, and that, that's one thing that you, you kind of have to focus on as well. It's like there are things there are th things are going to go wrong. There mm. are so many things that could happen in the world. I mean, there's just so many variables to life. Why start stressing about something that you can't control? Yeah. Just, yeah. just you know, just li live in the moment. 
uh, as much as you can. And sure, it's it's easier said than done because there's some there could be some things that are impending that could be really damaging to someone's life. Yeah. But really fight that urge to be afraid and really focus on the here and now, and I you'll be much happier for it. I love it, man. I love it. So shout out to Belinda who says, love the communication tip and gratitude piece. Both are incredibly very insightful. Thank you so much, Belinda. We appreciate you. Shout out to my boy, Mr. Yoshida from Kapole, Hawaii. Man, Ooh. I need to visit you, man. That is <laughs> that is just that is the best place to be right now in Hawaii, if you oh, think yeah. about it. <laughs> shout out to also Steve, who loves the same idea that you shared on how to drive communication down to its most essential points i think he's also going to be stealing that memo tactic <laughs> Thank you. as well man you know i want to ask you you know for you uh, you balance a lot man you are one of the top cybersecurity engineers in the world you have an amazing family you know for you, where does gratitude come in or other traits come in when it comes to balancing your family life as well as your work life yeah i mean same thing it comes from gratitude both in the work perspective and for family perspective. So mm. um, one thing, you know, I don't think I've ever told anyone this uh, it, and definitely not in a public arena like this, but every time I pick up one of my daughters, whether they fell asleep on the couch or um, maybe I just want to pick them up and hold them for a moment. But in that moment, I get super, super present, like super present. Like I, I feel the weight of their, their body in my arms the warmth uh, of their body. I, I just feel everything. And I, I just like take it in for a moment because um, it, it was, I think it was Marcus Aurelius uh, in meditations. I, I don't remember verbatim, but basically the gist of it is uh, don't rush this. Like when mm. you kiss your kids, good night, don't rush it. Because at that time, kids could be taken really quickly due to disease, things yeah. like that. And so that's something I try to apply to, to my life as well is, you know, don't, don't, you know, oh, I'm too busy to, you know, give you a hug. I'm too busy to spend time with mm. you. Like, I, I try to be as present as possible with them. I, I'm not perfect at it. Not, not at all. Because I get busy with, you know, interviews and podcasts and things like that. But, um, but when, it, when I, every time I do that, it's like almost like a, an instinct now. Every time I pick mm. them up, it's like I just go present in that moment. And so that, that helps me with the balance between work and, and my personal life. Because whatever I'm doing... I try to be as present as possible in that moment because I'll be more impactful. I'll be more impactful as a father. I'll be more impactful as an employee. I'll be uh, more impactful as an entrepreneur. And mm. I'm able to get more done because of that focus. When you have context switching and that residual context that's left in your mind, you start to have diminishing returns. And so if you can be laser focused on whatever you're doing at that time, you're going to do better work. And it's going to be more satisfactory as well. Man, that's so powerful, man. That's so powerful. And because I believe the same exact thing. You know, what have been some books that you've, you know, read or you came across that have helped you develop that laser-like focus? Whew. Oh, there's so many books. Uh, one of my favorite books is uh, Tools of Titans, though. Uh, that's Tim Ferriss. Uh, it's a collection of different interviews that he had with different powerful people. Um, that's one of my favorite books. Um, and I'll give you one tip out of there. Uh, and when it, when it comes to focus. So for me, traditional education uh, wasn't my bag. Like I, mm. I, I, I appreciated it for its, uh, uh, like it forced me to, it forced me to gruel or just grind through a four-year degree, right? I had to get it finished, get it, get it done and finish it over with. But for me, the way I like to learn is I like to take a modular approach. 
And so in, mm. in the book, he has this uh, bite-sized. Yeah, exactly. Bite-sized. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he has this concept of a mini MBA. So mm. instead of going to some big school where you have to learn this entire, you know, structured uh traditional education, you can actually turn things into bite size. Maybe you find the best one day uh, webinar you can mm. and, and you take that one day webinar. And maybe there's a, a one week boot camp that is like, oh, wow, if you take this boot camp, it's going to just get you next level. Take that one week boot camp, boot camp. Oh, I heard about this book. This book saves a lot of time when it comes to doing business. Maybe you read the book, maybe you read the book four or five times, write notes. Maybe you make a podcast based on the book, you know, something like that. I like being modular like that because then I can be really focused and targeted on what I learn and, and then how do I apply it afterwards? Because when you go to school, it's like, all right, you got to go through, you know, this is year one, this is year two. It's like, but how do you, how do you actually apply it? How do you apply it to the problems that you're working with? You might have homework and papers and stuff, but how are you going to apply it to yourself? And that's how I stay focused. Man. Dude, you are sharing some practical <laughs> tips, man. I really hope that people take are taking note because these are powerful. Shout out to Walter, who's who just tuning in and chiming in from Phoenix, Arizona. Steve is saying gratefully and unabashedly stealing. <laughs> so he's he's taking all kinds of notes. But Linda is saying, Steve, I'm doing the exact same thing starting today as well. And shout out to Mr. Muhammad, who is tuning in from Seattle, who's saying he's appreciating all of the game that you are sharing. You know, I want to ask you, Chris, you know, because we talk a lot about leadership and you talked a lot about it in your, you know, Hacker Valley podcast. You know, what are a few of the traits that you believe make up a successful leader, man? A successful leader uh, is as selfless as possible because Mm -hmm. you, you run into leaders that are full with ego and ego from this the standpoint you can have a little ego because i mean that sometimes that's what makes you who you are and makes mm-hmm. you great uh like you look at michael jordan did he did michael jordan have an ego absolutely, absolutely. And he was one of the best or the best basketball player of all time right yeah but when you have ego and it takes away from other people is when you run into problems mm-hmm. so when you have selflessness as a leader if you're more focus on developing them as people and, and developing them and whatever their life trajectory is, that makes you a, a better leader almost automatically. Just focus on them. So like mm-hmm. when, I, when I started this new role, uh, my, my immediate thing that I wanted to do was have one-on-ones with everybody and say, all right, so what are you doing now? And is that what you want to be doing? And mm-hmm. if, where, what does that future look like for you? Do you want to stay technical or do you want to start leading people? And, and either way is fine. Because there are people that have uh, better suited talents to to be technicians. They they want to just write code all day, and they 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 write so beautifully, and they get in the zone. And then it's what like happens? Poetry for them. Yeah, it's like poetry for them. But yeah. then what happens in some organizations? They say, "Oh wow, you're so good. We want you to be a manager now. We want you to to, to track timesheets and do end of year appraisals and all this stuff." Like, but is is that? necessarily what they should be doing, mm. they might not want to do that. And so, uh, but thankfully, you know, I'm working for uh, David Sow. He already is on, on the completely same page as I am. But that's still one thing that I think leaders should be doing is checking with their folks, making sure that their goals and their job satisfaction is in alignment with the tasks of the business. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you are in a leadership role, how are you approaching leading with people? How are you approaching checking in with your people and making sure you're mindful of their career trajectory. Share some of your tips on that in the comments. So I want to show love to my boy, Mr. Yoshida. 
the bite-sized approach, his idea about applying this to something like an MBA is so good. He's currently doing the same right now in his life. He's been working for 20 plus years, curling a nonprofit COO. He has no MBA and he's not going to pay $100,000 for one because he's smart. He's bite-sizing his MBA level knowledge right now. Chris, how do you feel about that, bro? I think that's beautiful. That's fantastic. You know, people feel like they have this like self-limiting mindset that society mm. is going to tell them how to get their dreams. But how, how is society going to tell you exactly how to do something? Yeah. Make your own path, right? This guy's the CEO of his own uh, or of a nonprofit, but he doesn't have an MBA. But a lot of times you're like, oh, if you want to be our CEO of, of anything, you got to have your MBA, right? Yeah. But I, I think it's beautiful when people take non-traditional paths to success. Yeah, no, I love I love that, man. I, you know, for me, I actually got into tech just by curiosity, just by learning, being self-taught. There's nothing wrong with the non-traditional path. And, right. you know, I love what you're saying, Chris, that society can't tell you how to conquer or achieve your dreams. Yep. You know, and, you know, I feel as if the quicker we start realizing that linear paths <clears throat> aren't necessarily the, the way to success, the success, the better. So shout out to Mr. Yoshida, who's taking control of his career by bite-sizing his own MBA. You know, Ruthie's saying 100% she is feeling everything that we're dishing out as well. And she's also saying that she learns better in chunks by making it snackable. You know, and I love that everyone is saying this because that's exactly what we're doing with Guide. (laughs) We're creating, we're helping people learn through bite-sized content. So definitely make sure you check out guideapp.co if you're interested in being a part of our early beta. We are going to be actually launching actually next week so definitely check out guideapp.co yeah we're coming we're coming so with that said you know chris i want to ask you man who has been someone in your life a leader that's left a pivotal mark on you brother oh there's so many people there's so so many people but i'd have to go back to uh, my first job out of the marine corps his name is uh, daniel k we call him dano and he was the first like true leader that like took me under his wing and he was not easy on me whatsoever. He wasn't like, oh, it's okay. Mm. He, he demanded success, mission accomplishment, and, the, and that is it. But he did provide training and, and learning and things like that. One of the most powerful moments I think I, I've had with him was I, I came to his office and I sat down. And I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, you know, so we're, we're doing all this work here, right? Yeah. But we're thinking about what's going to happen next. What are we going to go next? And, mm. and what do you think? What, what do you think is the most important thing? And I was like, oh, you know, the, 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 the services we provide. He's like, no, not the services. I was like, uh, you know, maybe the technology we create. Nope, not even close. Mm. And I was like, uh, well, then what is it? He says the people. And he broke, out, he broke out the sheet of paper. And what the sheet of paper had was names, a list of names, and across the top were skills. And he called it a sheet of X's. And so he had all those people and what skills they had. And so then he had that in his mind. So he then he knew if there was a problem out there that needed to be solved, he knew what person could help solve that problem. And so that's something that I've always taken with me. I've always had a a people centric approach to cybersecurity, to leadership. It's Mm. all about people and doubling down on those people. And understanding where can they be best, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you position them and bring them together to achieve a certain outcome or goal? Man, yep. that's powerful wisdom from Chris. You know, does anyone have anything <laughs> similar or anyone similar in your life that has helped you really unlock, you know, your leadership traits 
similar to Chris, please let us know in the comments below. You know, shout out to Monique, who's saying, rightly said, Chris, they've been loving, been vibing with everything that you've been saying. Um, Ruthie is saying yes to sweat equity. You have to definitely put in the work. Mm-hmm. to achieve your goals and thank you manic for the love man i appreciate you we are going to be launching next week we hope that you sign up for the beta so we can give you early access man you know chris where can the people connect with you and learn more about the work that you're doing man yeah absolutely thanks for that uh so the main thing is the podcast of course uh we're at hackervalley.studio um for folks that want to support our podcast we're at patreon.com forward slash hacker valley studio and then, as always, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's my favorite place to be, uh, but also Twitter as well, um, pretty much on all, all social media. Powerful, powerful. So, Chris, man, what is a, a powerful takeaway that you have for our Amazing Guy community today, man? Powerful takeaway. I would say there, there's a lot that's going on in the world right now, mm. and a lot of it's negative, right? And it's really hard to to say, you know, put on a happy face and just kind of continue like everything's all right. Cause yeah. it, it really isn't. Yeah. But I will say is start a microcosm of positivity with the people around you. So reach mm. out to your loved ones, reach out to your friends, tell them you're thinking about them um, because it's going to brighten their day. And mm. what happens? It's a, it's a, it's a chain of effect. Then they're going to be like, you know what? I'm glad Chris reached out to me today. I'm going to reach out to somebody else. And then you're just going to chain out this 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 expansion of positivity and hopefully it, it reaches to the other side of the world. But I would say double down on people and, and double down on hope. Man, I love this, man. Double down on people and double down on hope. Chris, brother, thank you so much for being on today's Monday episode of Unleashing the Future of Work at Guy Podcast. We definitely Need to have you on for a future episode, brother. Yes, indeed. We got to bring you back <laughs> on ours, too. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank Let's you. Do it. <laughs> With that said, that was the first part of today's Monday episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, A Guy podcast. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and I'm going to bring on our next guest, Xavier Renard, who is the COO of Chocolate Chip Media. You're going to love this guy. We're going to talk everything about entertainment and media as well as learn a little bit about his background. He's worked for some of the greatest companies in the tech arena. So definitely take a break, stay tuned, come back in about 10 to 15 minutes, and it's going to be me and Xavier just chopping it up. With that said, y'all, talk to you all soon. Hold up.
And we're back. And I'm about to go live with my boy, Xavier Cunningham, who is the head of strategic partnerships for Chocolate Chip Media. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, managing career transitions, how to create your career and hit reset on it, but also a little bit more about Chocolate Chip Media and his background and how he got into tech and the work that he's doing now in the entertainment and media space. With that said, let me go ahead and bring Xavier on to the show. Xavier, what's good, man? Can you hear me? I think, okay, we can hear you. We can hear you. I can't hear you. Hold on, hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly, man. So, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Hello, hello. I can't hear you. Hold oh on. man, what you got going on here? Hold on. So as Xavier fixes the technical hiccups, if you're tuning in right now, please let me know where you're tuning in from. Post it in the comments. Let's get your thoughts. As we wait for Xavier to dial back in. Xavier. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly, man. All right, we're good. We're good. We're All right, we're good. We're good. I'm so happy we got that sorted out. How are you doing today, man? Oh man, so I'm I'm here. I'm here with you. So, uh, <laughs> it, like Ice Cube said, today is a good day. Today is a good day. Exactly, yeah. man. How are you getting used to remote work, bro? Man, I don't know. Um, you know, I think when you spend uh, what about what am I now? Fifteen years in. 15 years into working one way. I don't know if you quote unquote get used to it. Yeah. You know, I think you adapt as, as much as you can. Um, but fortunately, you know, I have a fantastic wife, so she makes my life a lot easier than what it probably should be. Uh, and I think, you know, all in all, I'm actually a pretty easygoing guy. Like I, I really, <laughs> you're not yeah. too difficult. Yeah, no, I really just believe like, uh, life is about transitions and seasons. Yeah. Right. And so when you're prepared with that kind of mindset, I'm really super optimistic about just about anything. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just I roll with the punches. Dude, I love it. I love it. Man. I would love for you to share with us and the people who are tuning in in the guy community a little bit about your background and how long you've been doing. You've been in tech, but also a little bit about the new company that you're a part of and you, that you recently founded with a, a few friends. Chocolate Chip Media, man. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Uh, so. A little bit about my background, originally from uh, the South, uh, born and raised, navigated over to, and I actually studied uh, communication and uh, business marketing uh, in, in undergrad. So I just knew I was going to be like the next brilliant mind to, to bring forth, you know, the just do it type campaigns and think differently, <laughs> uh, you know, and um, a, a little detour post my first semester of grad school going into fashion marketing, uh, I took a part-time job uh, with Apple, um, part-time retail sales job, literally just to make money uh, wow. over the summer. 
and uh, that those dom a lot of dominoes fell for me, and that kind of catapulted me into a career in tech, where I spent uh, the last eleven years of my life um, via sales, mm. uh, via technical adaptations, via um, product management and and quality assurance uh, management, and yeah, literally, I think how that stumbled into a career in media was was very serendipitous. Yeah. Um, never leaving my passion for fashion and just what style can do for a person's uh, mental and, and their how they navigate through life. I met a group of individuals who heard about me and some of the events that I threw and they were like, yo, we really just want to want to create something with you. We got some cool things cooking and baking. And lo and behold, you know, five months later, I was on set creating a television pilot. Um, no way. For a story called Bit which explores the underbelly of Silicon Valley, told through the lens of people of color. Um, we shot that, it took seven days, 14 hour days on set, um, an amazing, just marvelous type of experience. The same production company that partnered or that shot Last Black Man in San Francisco partnered with us to, to produce this. And from there we were like, let's just keep this ball rolling. There's a lot of stories mm that we want, we want to amplify the stories of people um, with underrepresented voices. And we thought we were set up in a very perfect space to do so, being in Silicon Valley, uh, where we are, there are so few people of yeah. color navigating the tech space. Um, but how change can absolutely really happen is when that representation is visually seen. And because media has such an impact, I mean, still to this day, right, Will Smith Will Smith can drop anything on his social channels and it's within seconds viral yeah. in the world, right? And so we felt, yeah, it's great to have, you know, tech camps and we can go into schools, but if I can drop one television show or movie, a child might can see that and want to become, you know, the, the next great technical mind long before me running around 20 schools trying to teach them how to code can have yeah. the same impact. So. That's powerful. So my boy Monique says, could you, is it possible for you to raise your volume and, and speak up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so he can hear you better. I don't let, let me see. I'm trying. This is platform is new. Tim is always bringing in the funk with like new platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I switched it up on him last minute. He thought yeah, we were going to do Zoom. Yeah, yeah, very, very last minute. So blame it on him. Uh, I, will, I will do my best to project. <laughs> appreciate you brother so you know i so i i love because you you had an opportunity to work with some of the greatest companies from apple to linkedin and then you're transitioning to entertainment and media man you know why do you think representation is so important um in media man i i think again it's as cliche as it sounds right i think we are still a world very much based on believing are ideating and dreaming about something that we mm. see, right? Dreams often are actually influenced uh, or there's a catalyst that is external mm. more often than not what we visually see, right? It, it, you can tell somebody, if I was to tell somebody last year, like, yo, um, I'm hearing some rumors about in November, right? Like by, by May, nobody's going to be able to go outside and everybody will be wearing masks around the world. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> you wouldn't have believed me. Right? Like that concept. Yeah. Uh, and, and you wouldn't have even gave it 
the remote possibility. And then more importantly, that you'll get denied in restaurants because right? you're not working. <laughs> denied in restaurants, like people are getting drugged. It's a whole thing. You wouldn't yeah. believe it, right? Even no matter, however, if I show you uh, a report of what's happening in another country, yeah. right? If I can give you that visual representation of like, hey, this country is currently going through this. And then I tell you, right? There's this possibility that you will believe it. You mm. and it will seep into your your subconscious that much deeper, and so I think applying that very wide scale of what we're going through in COVID to just to an individual, I will say even for me navigating into to costume design, I uh, for you know my my artsy side, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of movies, films, television shows, but until Ruth Carter actually won uh, the Oscar for best costume design in yeah. Black Panther. I hadn't conceptualized, oh, I could actually be someone who is creating those same types of um, artful representations on screen. Mm. Um, I think, you know, a low hanging fruit example would be Obama. I mean, there was a rise of uh, young black men and women in their interest in, in econ and, and in politics and in government post Obama's um, presidencies. And I think, mm. It, it goes directly to the is, is representation is mostly about what you believe is not pro, uh, possible, but what's even probable. So mm. even if you possibly have ever thought in your life, I could be president. Once you see someone like you um, and that goes for any any group. Right. Um, then you believe it's probable and it's something that you can you can go full flood, full force for. No, that's so powerful, man. And I think I, I've realized that, too, in building God, the media is such a powerful way to communicate to the world the, the quality that we want to see in the world, right? I think that what's going on in the world right now is there, there's so much toxicity. And you see in a lot of media platform, you have to we have to face it. But, you know, with education and quality education, and if you can scale that through a media platform, you know, that's changing the narrative on one accessibility and the affordability of education, man. So I, I agree with you a hundred percent, man. You know, uh, do you think now that we're kind of reaching a pivot point for um, better representation in the media landscape, as you mentioned with people such as Ruth Carter winning, right? Best, best nomination for costume design. Um, yeah, I think we're at an inflection point for sure. I don't yeah. will. I think time will tell if it was a true pivot. Mm-hmm. I, I think time will 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 show whether or not you know fads happen not just in fashion. Yeah, right? fads happen all across the board, and I think we are fighting the narrative around one today as it relates to who is or who is not in support of uh, being anti-racist, uh, right? And yeah, who is against systemic the, even the concept, accepting the concept of systemic racism and. Um, some people doubt that the the honesty or the the genu- genuosity of people who are now like, yeah, let's let's get in this fight. Um, so I think time will tell, right? Yeah. So I think we're like I said, an inflection point where people. Uh, we just had uh, Ava DuVernay, uh, writer and director for Selma, and some other amazing pro- projects. When they see us, and Whoopi Goldberg were just added to uh, the Oscar. Uh, Academy, right? The Academy um, uh, Awards for the Oscars—they're they're now on that board and on that council. Um, could that have been part of what's currently happening in the world? Mm. Maybe, 
maybe they had it going on uh, prior and, it, and there were already steps in motion prior, but it seems very um, timely that it, it, it yeah. coincides with what's happening. So all that to say, I think uh, we are at an inflection point. I'll be excited to see what happens in the next five to 10 years. Mm. I think it won't, it shouldn't take long to see if we're really making a true pivot. Yeah. Um, but definitely I will say it is, it is cracking and hot to have. I, I, I'll just say this. A lot of my friends in the media space after Crazy Rich Asians was released. Um, <laughs> and it, it has such box office success. Um, everyone, all writers, directors, people in you know smaller media companies were being asked, do you have a, a script with, a, with, with, with Asians in it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? like, and, and, and other friends who right now, um, after everything that's been going on the last month, um, you know, black writers, black showrunners who've been submitted scripts from from non persons of color about black stories. Yeah. Like, oh, why don't you see? I have a story, you know. So I think definitely people see an opportunity there. And I think it, the interesting part is I don't think you ever needed <laughs> with the largeness and variety and the vastness of the Asian community at large around the world. I don't think you needed to see Crazy Rich Asian succeed to understand that that movie would have been successful you don't, you don't need to see the right regardless yeah um, and, but i think there is there was a laziness around wanting to give the same credit and wanting to give the same um legwork to produce whatever numbers you want to justify uh producing stories from a multi-ethnic um lens uh, so i think you know, 2020 to 2025, we'll definitely see if, if we made a pivot or if we were just having a spike in our stock. For a yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So I want to ask you, man, because you're in a, you're all around creative. As you mentioned, you've shifted from working in tech to working with Apple in their retail to now, you know, being a part of something super amazing, chocolate chip media, man. You know, what is your creative process like as someone that works in a creative space, man? Yeah. And do you mean me? Individually or us as a company? You individually and yeah. Chocolate Sheet Media as a company. Yeah, uh, man, thank you. Um, individually, I think it, I'm, I'm really moved. Like my creative process is, is something, uh, it has ebbs and flows. It's something that's, again, I, I believe in seasons. So it's something that I'm, I'm really fluid with, mm. if, you, if you will. Um, but the first thing it starts with is like, why? Whatever I'm feeling and I'm thinking, I'm really someone who's like measure five times and then cut once. So whatever I'm feeling and thinking, um, why why am I feeling that way? What is the impact that it personally is having on me? And then more importantly, do I think it will have an impact on someone else? Hmm. Right? I don't need I don't need to necessarily measure it like, will this be cool for ten thousand people? If I do this one thing, will a million people like it? I don't necessarily try to quantify it per se, but most more so qualify whether or not. Um, it matters. Um, there's a story uh, as it relates to the African diaspora, for example. I mm. think it matters that people not only in the United States, but in the globe really start to understand that the transatlantic slave trade was not the start or kickoff for Black history or mm. the, the African diaspora. And more importantly, even if we are going to go with that lens, that the, the variety of these stories and the collective impact is, is global, right? There's a, a gentleman by the name of Gang, uh, Gaspar Yang, who mm. was a revolutionary in Mexico. Many people don't even know 
there's black people in Mexico, for example. <laughs> and, and that story inspires me. Stuff like that, I really try to take points from around the world. That story inspires me. This is a former prince from what uh, is now known as Sierra Leone. And this man held up a province in Mexico um, for a 90-day stance against the Spanish to the point to where they were like, yo, you can just have this land. Wow. Um, and the only reason they were coming after him, not because they actually care, but because on the royal route from Veracruz, um, in the south up to Mexico City in this province. Any anybody coming on that route, he's he's his they were getting you. They were stealing back their their money, mm. they were getting anything. If you were coming down that route, so the Spanish were like, we gotta go find these people. Um, but he held it up so much, he's known as a local hero in Mexico. They renamed the province uh Yang after wow. him. And I think that's a powerful story of 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 strength, of perseverance. Um, so stuff like that, really stories that are very human, really inspire me. And then hmm. that shapes the process of where I begin creatively. Um, it's really about what is the human, human connection to anything that I do. And then from there, it can be very sporadic, to be honest, like how I get from A to Z. Um, I think like a product manager as it really re relates to role. Yeah. <laughs> like just to be honest, right? So I, I'll do a Gantt chart. I'll set my milestone, like legit, like yeah, I'll run it, like whether it's agile or waterfall, like that's how I tactically do my creative process. But as it relates to like um, getting something from inception to deployment, I'll talk for a lot of the techies who are watching, where it's really about what do I want to tell creatively? And mm. that, that, that's both on the screen and in fashion. When I was in merchandising, when I was in styling, when I create an event, it's about like, hey, what matters right now to people what inspires me and then can i take that and amplify that story and that's really same thing with chocolate chip media you know we really look at what story matters to us um and that or inspires us and that we think will matter to people and then how can we amplify that story um, yeah. by various mediums yeah man and I, I, I think in a in a in a landscape now where everyone's attention is so short and scarce you know, stories like that that are human and really, I guess, tug at the heartstrings matter more than ever. Agreed. Agreed. You know, um, I want to I want to ask you, man, who have been some of the people that have really influenced you as a creative leader? Man, um, as a creative leader, you know, I'm actually very fortunate. I, I live in the, the Bay Area, specifically Oakland. Uh, California. And um, I'm actually really inspired by my local community. Wow. Like, I know it, it's all like get in here and people be like, oh, like give me a big name. And then you try to go follow that name. But honestly, no, I'm, I'm really inspired. There's a, uh, there's just such a depth of community, especially the transplants. I'm not originally from Oakland, but once you come here, mm -hmm. um, people are just really looking to grow and develop and and nurture one another in a unique way that i didn't see in new york that i didn't see in boston didn't, didn't even see in dc wow right? and, and so uh there's a collective that i just joined called hella creative of some of literally the brightest people i've ever been around there's individuals who are in tech or former techies mm -hmm. we got graphic designers 3d artists photographers video whatever you name it um and we actually um created an initiative for Juneteenth to where companies would publicly recognize this and adopt this for as an official holiday, mm. right? 
and to where it would be celebrated just like uh, a 4th of July, no work, et cetera, and to push forth action, right? Not just demonstrative uh, gestures, but like actual action for celebrating this. And I think as of an hour ago, there were 695 companies um, wow. started uh, Twitter's. Uh, Jack Dorsey was the first to join on, like big, big public name. And then from there, it was just a domino. And so that was a group that literally within a week and a half put together a mission to say, hey, more people, this holiday is coming up. We need to capture this energy. Let's go after making sure that companies do the right thing by their employees. Hmm. And um, and again, not just their employees of color. Like this is a holiday that should be a U.S. holiday for all yeah. who really celebrate freedom. Um, so that group inspires me. Um, there's a gentleman, Adrian Walker, who is uh, literally one of the most passionate, amazing photographers I've ever seen. Um, we are actually going to uh, some breaking news. We're going to adopt one of his photo series called We Matter, wow. um, which, which is focused on the subculture of do-rags. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> uh, like he shot this beautiful photo series, which is now hanging in the Smithsonian, right? So this gentleman from from St. From St. Louis, Missouri, um, creative genius. Um, you know who would have never thought like do rags, a concept around honoring do rags, would be hanging in the Smithsonian, and we're going to create an adaptation of that for a documentary. And uh, you know he inspired me, Joshua Kissy, who created yeah, Total, um, which is a platform that you know anytime you buy a picture frame. It's usually the same cookie cutter individuals who are in those picture frames. And they say, mm. no, we're going to be able to create a platform that can provide true variety in, in, in the ethnic depths of the global scale. Yeah. And so if you need, you know, stills, um, we got you, right? You need stock mm. photos. And so, you know, people like Joshua Kissy, like they inspire me. Um, and that, and, and every woman of color that I run into literally is inspired. There's a, a production company called Break Tide here, three women, all worked in hire. Uh, um, the biggest tech companies you can name, and they left um, their those tech companies to start a smaller production company, three women, to tell stories around uh, literally the continual underrepresented voice of women, and particularly women of color in mm. any. And so, break tie like that's a group of women that I, I would ask anyone listening to to check out. And they inspire me. So I, I say my community more than anything inspire me. Man, you know, I, I love that you you didn't give a big name. You just say, hey, my community, my low community in Oakley, you know. And I think a lot of people struggle with that to find community, especially when they're making career transitions. And one of the things you and I have talked about is that COVID has given people an opportunity to reset on their career and really kind of recalibrate and say, okay, where do I want to go to next? Do you have any recommendations on how people can reset but also, in addition to resetting, find their community in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the beauty of COVID right now um, is there's there's a difference from doing nothing versus being still mm. and really listening to yourself and, and kind of honing in on what you want in life. So something that I love right now during the COVID time is that it is provided, I think, one of <laughs> an example of like working not quite in a vacuum, but I think the current Black Lives Matter movement, for example, mm -hmm. is amplified so much because everybody's focused. The, the distractions that we would normally have aren't there. And so I think that has allowed the beauty of what that movement is to take off in new heights for something that had started, uh, you know, over five years ago. 
right? And I think if you apply that same kind of concept to your life, you'll realize that we are often seeking those distractions to fill a hole for something that we've been avoiding. And so I think right now during COVID is a prime opportunity to really say, what have I been avoiding? And really mm-hmm. listen to yourself, right? If you're, if you're spiritual or you're religious, this is a fantastic time to really like focus in and hone on like, what do I believe that higher power has for me? And if you're not spiritual or you're not religious, what is it that you feel at any point in time that you want it for your life mm. that you didn't have the time to do? Because right now you have the time. So I think the reset is one of those that even though it was forced on you and it's uncomfortable, it's one that was probably necessary, I would say, for every individual in the world. I don't know anyone that couldn't have re- couldn't use this time to mm. say, am I being the best uh, parent that I can be? Am I being the best sibling that I can be? Um, if I love my corporate job, mm. am I on the trajectory that I want it to be on? And Mm. if not, what can I be looking at? What can I be researching? And if I don't love my corporate job, what pivot can I be making and trying? Because I think right now, if you were to quote unquote fail at that thing, if you ever wanted like an escape goat, COVID is the perfect escape (laughs) goat. Well, you know, well, during a time, if you ever wanted a buffer on trying something new, whether it was, especially digitally, like the cool thing here is that if you can make it happen and pop digitally, more like when people really get that chance to get out in person and and like i just we just hosted me and a group um called toasted life and the hella creative team hosted a a online virtual experience it's kind of hard to describe it but we had graphic artists drawing like overhead shots and, and walking literally live walking through the process we had on like video concerts we had panels wow. and, and, and over 350 people had registered for that. And again, we're talking about within 72 hours that this was put out. Imagine trying to bring something like that together in real life. So if you can make it successful digitally um, and just try things. I think right now is in, in tech, they say, go fast and like break it. Like just yeah. try to break something, right? Right now, do that for your life. I think this reset has provided you the opportunity to just break things and try whatever and do it for your life. Man, that's powerful, man. That's powerful, man. Xavier, brother, you know, let me ask you, you know, where can the people connect with you to follow more about follow and learn more about the work that you're doing with Chocolate Chip? Um, LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> you can definitely connect with me, um, Xavier Renard Cunningham on, via LinkedIn, uh, chocolatechipmedia.com. You can see some of the projects and, and um, I, I guess the roadmap that we have coming up. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you know, to stay tuned on um, some things we can't go into in depth with because we're working with in conversation with a number of distributors um, for those projects. So mm-hmm. we got to hold that close to the chest. Uh, we have two vlog series, one called, um, it's unfortunately timely for the name, but one called Don't Get Fired. <laughs> Don't get fired, please. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I think for anyone who is going through a tough moment right now, it will help them navigate a space and you can learn more about that. Uh, we got a uh, like I said, the documentary coming out. We got two short films that we hope to shoot next year. So I would say, yeah, follow me there on social media um, at Xavier.Renard on any social media at Xavier.Renard. Um, so yeah, please shoot me a message. Stay close, stay in touch. Get connected, y'all. Xavier, man, appreciate you, Mr. Cunningham, for being Thank on you, the show. Man. We, got, we definitely got to have you on for a future episode. 
post COVID nineteen. We kind of post COVID nineteen, but way way beyond COVID nineteen. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, sometime later this summer when when things are a little bit more sunnier in Oakland and, and the rest of the world. No, please do, man. Sorry for the the technical difficulties, everybody coming in initially, but I appreciate Tim. Um, I love what you were doing with Guy. Thank um, you, man. I've been a big fan of yours. I think um, another way people can continue to reset is just seek out platforms like this. Mm. Out knowledge from spaces like this. Um, really be intentional, right? About um, trying whatever it is that you think. Mm. Um, you don't have to be perfect. Sometimes I leave everyone with this. Sometimes I think we over index on, well, I can't do that because it doesn't look like what somebody else is doing. Mm. And it's not perfectly, you know, well-crafted idea. And so we don't even explore the idea because it's not perfect, right? Yeah. It doesn't look like what we think someone else does. And I think what you're doing with Guide and all of the many ventures that you you started, what I love most is that you go after it and then you see what comes of it, mm. right? That's a, a winning formula. So I, I believe anyone, if you really want to win during this reset of COVID, just go after it. It will not even be remotely close to perfect, but just try it. It'll be uncomfortable. Um, but that's where growth happens. Man, bro, you need to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, appreciate you, man. Thank you so hey, much, man. brother. Thank you. Thank you so All much. All right, man. Talk to you soon, man. All right, bro. <laughs> With that said, thank you so much for tuning in to another Monday episode of Unleashing the Future of Work live a guide podcast if you're really excited about our beta as much as we're excited about our beta please check us out at guideapp.co to be an early registrant for our beta program we're going to be launching in a week this week we're working incredibly hard to make sure that the product is in a stable state and we're going to be launching the week after to a select few to really start building our platform and our movement so definitely check out guideapp.co and please sign up for our early beta program with that said thank you so much for tuning in if you loved today's live episode definitely share it with your friends your community your teammates at work wherever share it on linkedin tag me if you have any questions or if you have any comments and definitely make sure you follow xavier and also chris who are on today's episode and if you're interested and being a future guest or know someone that would be a great future guest, check out utfow.com and sign up to be a guest or a sponsor. With that said, talk to you all soon and thank you so much. And I'm wishing you peace, love, and as always, abundance. All right, y'all. <laughs>